0: Garden of Favor podcast where we are committed to cultivating lives and businesses God's way because when we do, we see the evidence of his favor. I'm warning you now, be prepared. You might cry a little bit and you might be tempted to shout a couple yeses and amens as we ask ourselves the tough questions and get honest with God about what he wants to do in us and through us for the kingdom. Hey sister friend, I'm Heather, teacher turned six-figure corporate exec, turn top 1% network marketer turn dream job living my best life as a mindset strategist and kingdom blueprints coach for Christian entrepreneurs. I believe your life is like a garden and your business plays a major role in fulfilling your purpose and calling. Are you ready to get your mindset and heart set in sync with the father so you can bloom into all he's created you to be? Then let's grow girl. Hey friend, welcome to the Rooted and Ready workshop. So I am actually going to be sharing with you the audio from the live delivery of this in the Garden of Favor Bloom Society group. So I want to give you a little bit of a heads up and I'm going to drop a link in the show notes that you can, there's actually a workbook that goes along with the next three episodes. So today is going to be focused on God, who is God his nature, his character, who is he and really getting a better understanding of who he is. And then there is a workbook that goes along with that section. And it's meant not to just do in one day with after you're done listening to the podcast, but really to spend some time with the Lord and let him teach you what he wants to teach you more about who he is. And then there is the next episode is going to all be be all about who you are as a daughter of the lords as a daughter of the king and then there's a workbook section to go with that and then the last uh part of the Rooted and Ready workshop is all about okay, so now what? Now you know a little bit more about who God is, now you know a little bit more about who you are, who God says that you are. Now what and why does that matter? So, I want to just kind of give you a quick little yep, this is what you're in for for the next 3 episodes and that there is a workbook that goes along with this, so you can either opt into the Facebook community and grab it from in there or you can click on the link in the show notes to get you the um, visual and virtual portion of this. So you're hearing the audio, but I'm actually going to be re-recording these for um, a video, and that you get to watch it live there as well. And then you can get the you can get the workbook there. So, all right, are you ready? Let's grow, girl. Hello, welcome to day one of the Rooted and Ready workshop. I hope you are as excited as I am. Oh, I cannot wait to share with you all of the things. And so, as a reminder, this is a three-day workshop. So I hope you're here for the long haul today, tomorrow, and the next day. I would love for you to drop below where are you tuning in from, what's your city, what is your state, and would love to be able to say hi to you. So drop your city, and your state below, whether you're watching this live or you're catching the replay. And I would love to say hi to you. So are you ready? Are you ready for what the Lord has for us over the next three days to get you rooted and ready to fulfill your purpose and your calling? So today we are talking all about who is God. And tomorrow we're talking all about Who are you as a daughter of God and why does all that matter? And so I've walked along this similar journey myself, um, specifically in 2018, went through what I would refer to as an identity crisis. If you can relate to that, drop An emoji below letting me know you can relate to an identity crisis. Who am I? And why am I here? And what is my purpose? What is my calling? What am I doing? And so I went through an identity crisis mostly because I thought I knew who I was. And then I didn't because other people were saying things about me and Uh, telling me who I was. And the enemy has been doing this our whole lives. Your entire life, the enemy has been trying to tell you who you are, having other people whisper in your ear. And maybe as a child, you heard something. And a lot of things are deeply rooted in your mind. And truly it becomes, if it's been repeated enough, it it gets into your subconscious. And if you didn't know, you operate 90% of your life from your subconscious, which is where your identity is stored. So as I was saying scripture and trying to heal my heart from trauma of what other people said about me and were all the things, some things that like my eyes and my heart could not unsee, I was speaking scripture. I was looking up these I am statements and I was doing affirmations. If you're an affirmations girl, drop affirmations below. You you've been told your whole life they work, and it's good to put good things in your mind, right? But for me, it wasn't working. And I couldn't quite figure out why. Why is this not working? And so, as I went on this journey of discovering who I am as a child of God, looking for all the treasures throughout scripture with I am statements, it was good. It was really good. But then the next year happened, and the world went a little crazy. And I thought, okay, it doesn't really matter who I am. (laughs) I'm feeling unsafe. I'm not even sure if I'm loved by my heavenly father. Like this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel safe. This doesn't feel like good things are happening. And one of my life verses is Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And I didn't feel hopeful. I didn't feel like there was a good future ahead of me. And truth be told, I went on this deep, dark spiral of what is going on? God, do you really love me? God, can I really trust you? Are your plans for me really good? Because this doesn't feel good. This doesn't sound good. This doesn't look good. And everywhere I was looking, it was just darkness and evil and... I I felt unsafe in every way. And as a human being, you are wired to really have three basic needs. You are wired to feel and that you have a need to feel loved, to feel safe, and to feel worthy and enough. And that year, 2020, as we all know it, was not feeling safe wasn't so sure that i was loved at least even in my definition of love and i thought is this really is this like what's the point like what we're gonna go through all this for for what am am i am i worthy of what I thought some verses that I posted about a life full of hope and prosper and not to harm me. And um, John 10, 10 says that he came, Jesus came to give us life, life abundantly, life to the full, depending on what translation you read. I'm like, this doesn't feel full. This doesn't feel like abundance. This doesn't feel good. So if you can relate to that, I want you to know that you're not alone and I want you to know that there is no shame in that. In fact, the enemy has been after you your whole life to make you question those very things. Is God good? Did God really say? Does he love you? Are his plans for you good? Hence, the reason why we are here for the rooted and ready workshop because my heart for you over these next three days is to help you truly get rooted in not only who you are as a daughter of the king, as a child of God, but who is God and why does all that matter? Because when you don't know that, you won't be able to do what he's created you to do and truly fulfill your purpose and your calling. So welcome to day one. Today we're talking all about God and who he is. And so I have to ask you guys a question. I'm going to kind of take you on a little bit of a personal journey of my own life. But have any of you ever been on dating websites prior to if you're married or not? I know a lot of people um, who I'm connected with are married, have kids, uh, but Have any of you ever done a dating website? I would love for you to drop the whatever it was below. Um, I did them all in my 20s, at least what was available at the time. So Match.com was super popular, eHarmony was super popular, and I even gave Christian Mingle a try, thinking I'm gonna find myself a good Christian man. I moved away from my hometown in my 20s, my early 20s after I graduated from college, and I knew nobody. Where do you meet men? and although i was a party girl in my 20s going out every weekend i knew in my heart of hearts that wasn't really where i wanted to find my soulmate. i really knew god you know ideally was at church but i was going to church some sundays not every single one Uh, but i was going to church some sundays and uh well i i wasn't really seeing a man that i was interested in all that to say i thought i'm gonna get on a website i'm gonna do it i heard some really great success stories i'm gonna do it and you get on and you are, like, kind of feeling a little anxious and nervous, but you start stalking and you're, like, reading all these profiles about people, reading what they share, where they're from, what they like. Um, you're looking at all the pictures. Are you attracted to them? And so as I did this for long enough, I literally, I would i would be on for, like, four weeks and I'd be so overwhelmed by dates and all the things and the emotions that went behind it, Um I would be like, wow, I, I got to get off this. It's too much. It, it was literally like a full-time job to to do these dates. And so all that to say, you know, once I would finally start we'd email back and forth, it was like, let's cut to the chase. Like, let's just, let's just talk. Or, and then if the talking and the conversation went well, it was like, let's cut to the chase. Let's meet. I can read about you all day long. I can I can email back and forth all day long. I'm not looking for a pen pal. I'm looking for a husband. And so, I was just back and forth with people. I'm like, let's cut to the chase. Let's talk. If there's chemistry on the phone call, then let's meet. Cuz I'm not here just to be entertained. Although I was a teacher at the time and I totally was like, these are like free meals. Free meals. I'm 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 broke, and this is like free meals for me. So anyways, I was like, let's cut to the chase. Because reading about you and and talking back and forth just wasn't quite it. I needed to meet the man face-to-face to see if there was chemistry, to see if there was anything worth pursuing, to see if I wanted to actually date this guy and spend some time with him. And crazy enough, I think that the relationship with God is very similar. I've read about God. And I'm so fortunate to have been to grow up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian school. And so I have heard these things my whole life. But until I actually met God and had an intimate relationship with him, they were just words. And I really didn't know what that meant until I was faced with trauma in my life and faced with really hard things that didn't feel good, didn't sound good, didn't look good. But that I was searching for this God that I had heard my whole life is good and he loves me. And actually, I also was also told that, you know, some other things about God that really distorted my image of him as perhaps maybe he is angry and maybe I'm not good enough and maybe I need to work harder for him to love me. And if those are some things that you have struggled with, I am here to tell you that God loves you so much. In fact, God is love, and he wants an intimate relationship with you, but until you actually spend time with him and do some things that create space to be able to spend time with him, it's just like me and those dating websites, just scrolling through, looking at the picture, kind of thinking maybe this is the one, maybe this is good, reading some some facts and different things about him, but just didn't really actually give me the really who is this person and are they worth pursuing. And so after I went through a traumatic year in 2018 and really went on this identity crisis and is God good and why did this thing happen to me, the Lord showed me through my season of really feeling like I was buried that actually the Lord had simply planted me. And it was a season for me to get really hidden in him and instead of seeking my my validity or my popularity or my love or my worth or my value in anyone else. He wanted me to come to him so that he could actually show me who he was as my heavenly father and also show me who I am as his daughter. And truth be told, friend, this is a lifelong journey. So I don't feel like I have it all figured out and I've arrived. But what I am learning is that there is an infinite amount of access to understanding who God is and an infinite amount of depths of, of relationship with him. And in 2020, that was really rocked and really questioned. Who are you? And are your plans really good for me? Because I don't really feel like this is good. And so if you've ever questioned if God is good and if he loves you, I would love for you to drop a heart below. Let me know that you have been there. Uh, Because I think sometimes when we think we should know something and we struggle with that truth, we almost feel like, should I even be asking this? Is this is this bad of me to ask? And I want you to know, God wants to know. First of all, he already knows. He knows everything about you. He knows your heart. And so you might put on a strong, I am a Christian, or maybe not. Or maybe you just are trying to put on your independent and all these things. And you want to put out to the world that you have this certain persona But God knows your heart and he wants you to bring your heart to him so that he can refine it and really mold it into the woman that he has created you to be. So I want to talk a little bit about the word root because that is a big part of what we're talking about today. And so root, when we look at the word root, I want to read you some definitions because as a noun, a root is usually underground, a portion of the plant, and it serves as support. It draws minerals and water from the surrounding soil and sometimes stores food. I found that definition so interesting and fascinating to think that it's underground. It's hidden. It's not necessarily something we wear or we show, but that it serves as support. And God wants to be your support system. He wants to surround you and he wants to give you the food that you need to get through the day. So I love this other definition. It's the embedded part of an organ that serves as a base or support. We are getting to the roots of who God is so that he can be your support. The essential part or element, the basic core. And I think it's so interesting as the Lord has taken me on this crazy long journey about gardens and when we look at the garden of Eden and we see Adam and Eve and where they had an intimate relationship with the Lord they walked in the garden they they tended to the animals they named the flowers they named the animals their job was to keep the keep the plants alive and and they they literally got to hang out with the Lord in paradise all day every day but that their identity was also lost there when the enemy came in, and the enemy tried to steal who they were and say, "Did God really say? and And there's more for you if you if you eat of this fruit." And I always say that there's this war going on that the enemy is constantly warring for you and your attention, but God is equally saying, "I have more. There's more. I want your attention." And sadly enough, we live in a world that sometimes, well, oftentimes, it's way more noisy than that still small voice that God wants to give to you. So my heart for you today is to get back to the roots of who God created you to be and who he designed you to be, as in Adam and Eve before they sinned in the garden, the perfection, the paradise, and to really understand, like, what does that mean? But in order to understand the roots and where you're going... You have to know where you came from. And that's starting with God and his nature, his character, his identity. Who is God? Because we don't get to meet him like I got to meet those men face to face, literally. But the more you spend time with the Lord in his presence, reading your Bible, praying, journaling, being aware that he wants to be part of everything, that in nature you can see God's character and you can see his goodness. Through your children, you can see God's character and your in his goodness through your spouse, through your friends, through any little random things. If you followed me on, on Facebook or social media for any amount of time, you know that the last year the Lord has been dropping feathers in my path all the time. And he Led me to Psalm 91.4. I'm sure many times in my life I've walked past feathers and had no idea. But I didn't know because I didn't know that there was scripture about that. And nor did that. I didn't know that maybe that there was something he was trying to tell me. So my heart is that we get back to the root of you where where you came from in order to know where you're going, where God wants to take you. So let's look at a couple more definitions of root. It is the primary source and origin. Where did you come from? What is the primary source? An ancestor from which a person or a family is descended. If you have declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you have invited him into your life, into your heart, to be your to be your God, and you are seeking him and seeking him with all your heart, then you are a child of God. So we need to know where we came from in order to know where we're going. Another definition is the element that carries the main component of meaning in a word and provides the basis From which a word is derived. By the way, I already have a workbook for you. It has all of these definitions in it. So if you're panicking, trying to write down frantically, I should have told you that before. I have a, um, every day you're going to get a workbook. And so today it's a 10-page workbook and I have all these definitions of rooted and root because I really want you to grasp what are we trying to do here as you're trying to get rooted and ready to fulfill the promise that God has given you and the calling that he has on your life. So another definition is a number that when multiplied by itself, an indicated number of times forms a product equal to a specified number. So when we look at root, there's different elements, right? So there's like, this is the number version, the numerical way when we say the root of a number. I was never graded algebra, but I found that definition really fascinating because I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. When it's multiplied by itself, when we can see that we are made in the image of God, but maybe you've heard that, you're, or maybe you've never heard that before, but Scripture tells us that we're made in the image of God, and when we see those pieces and we multiply that and we, we can really hone in on that, then we become who he's called us to be. But if we don't know his, his image in the first place, that really means nothing. I also love to think about words. Um, I've become a wordsmith and I love to look up words. And if I'm not so certain certain about like a meaning of a word in scripture, I'll look it up. And then I usually look up synonyms and all that. And in this workbook, I give you a couple assignments to do that, to go deeper on a treasure hunt with the Lord. But another one that I love, it's really pertaining to like literature and, and our language, but it's the element that carries the main component of a meaning in a word and provides the basis from which a word is derived. You were made in the image of God. So we need to know what that image is, the basis of it, the root of it, in order to know what is to be carried out. And then there's music, the music note from which a chord is built. i played the piano since I was four. I'm so excited to get it back into our new house. We're in the process of closing on a home, and I'm just so excited to start playing the piano again. But when I think about the music notes, the root of the note it is the music note from which a chord is built you are being built your chord of who you are and we are one chord with the lord you are built from the main note from the root note how cool is god like how he's tying even all these definitions into him and who he is so let's talk about the word rooted because the word root is a noun but the word rooted is a verb and i love how god can serve as god to us but that also means that that there's there's there is action around that. And we're going to talk deeper a little bit about what that is. But rooted means to become firmly established or settled, to grow roots, to be the source or origin. Uh, And I love that because that is what God wants you to do through this workshop and through the rest of your life. He wants you to become rooted, firmly established, and settled into knowing who you are, not because of anything that you do, but because of whose you are. But to know whose you are, that means something only if you actually know who God is. And the enemy wants to confuse you. He wants you to ask, is God really good? Did God really say right? That's like the oldest trick in the book. So um, are you excited? Because we're going to go a little bit further and then I'm going to give you the workbook. And, And just so you know, this workbook is designed for you not to fill it out in one day. In fact, I encourage you to really take your time with it because it's deep stuff and it's really working out some of these things that are in here. And the Lord wants to continue to till your heart. I often say till your soil. Bloom Academy, my eight week experience for women, we talk, we go deep on the Lord tilling your heart, preparing your soil for the seeds that he has for you. And this is very much part of that, knowing who God is. So let's talk about the first character, the first nature of God. Because I think for me, it has been the most pivotal, pivotal, the most life-changing, the most um, just thing that really rocked my world and really started to get me to think differently of God. Because in a season of my life, I thought that God was angry at me. I wasn't good enough. I had sinned too much. I had done too many things in my life that there's just no way that I could ever be good enough. And I became this works-based woman where I was working for worthiness. I was working for love. And it's Truly, you can't work hard enough because salvation is a gift. And I also want to highlight that, you know, sometimes our earthly relationships will very much impact our heavenly relationship with the Lord. And so, um, you know, I grew up in a home. My dad was a workaholic. I love him to pieces. He loves the Lord. He is a good man. But the example that I saw was that you had to work really, really, really hard for things. And I just, I saw that and um, we become often a product of our environment and it's a lot of my story and it's a lot of what i talk about on the garden of favor because i hustled my way to success i exhausted my way to success and god is not after your hustle god is after your heart and we know that because god is your father and a good father wants good things for his child. In Ephesians 4, 6, it says one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So if you could drop that below, God is my father. Drop that in the comments. And I want you to really take a second to think about that, that God is, is my father. And what does that mean? What is the, What are the characteristics of a father? Wow, he's my heavenly father. And we know scripture says that we are seated in heavenly places. There's so many amazing treasures when you start to dig into God's word. And if you were like me and you maybe have been told your whole life or ever since you've been around maybe some Christians that you should read your Bible. But for me, it was like, I don't understand it. I feel like I'm reading Shakespeare. Um, I have been there. I have another free workshop for you to do called The Flourish Workshop. I'll make sure you get access to that. But really, how do you read your Bible and understand? But for me, it was uh, finding a Bible that was uh, more of a study Bible and then making the time. Because I wanted to hear from God, but I wasn't really making the time to actually hear from Him. I was just, you know, hoping that He was just going to start talking to me. And so it takes effort. Just like those dating relationships, it takes effort. It takes you um, making an effort to get to know somebody. It takes effort to get to know your Heavenly Father. Because intimacy with people builds trust. I would have never married George if I didn't trust him, if I didn't think he was a good man, if I didn't think that he was going to take care of me and he was going to love me and he was going to honor me and he was going to cherish me. And so intimacy yields trust. And how do you build intimacy with people? Well, you spend more time with them to get to know, do you want to let your guard down? Do you want to trust them? Are they worthy of all of that? Your heavenly father is the same way and he loves you so much and that's what he wants. He wants an intimate relationship with you. So in the workbook, we work through a lot of different things about Father, and really understanding that God is your Abba Father. So he takes it a step further, and there's three scriptures in the New Testament that specifically label um that that uses God as not just father, but Abba Father. And the word Abba is actually a Semitic word that expresses familiar intimacy with a father. And sometimes I think that we can think that God is like so far away, and there's, you know, this idea of who he is, but Abba is a familiar intimacy with a father. So I think about spending time with my daddy or my papa, my father, not just this idea of who he is, but truly him being my father and my dad that loves me so much and having an intimate relationship with him. That literally has changed my entire walk with the Lord. It has changed everything. And I'm just I will tell you that the first time I heard someone refer to Father, Heavenly Father as Papa, I was kind of like, oh, that's weird. So if that's weird to you right now, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, there's no, there's, there's no condemnation here. Um, God does not condemn; He does convict. And uh, but that whole idea of God as my papa, as my daddy, uh, my daughter is a daddy's, daddy's girl, big time. If you were a daddy's girl, drop daddy's girl in the comments below. I'd love to see that. I am not a daddy's girl. My dad loves me, but I am totally like my mom, and I are like this. And so I never really experienced that daddy's girl um, growing up. My dad worked a lot. He was barely ever home. And uh, I just didn't have that. But the Lord has totally um, redeemed part of my understanding of that by helping me see my daughter and my husband. And it literally brings tears to my eyes usually when I talk about it because it is such a precious, intimate relationship. And the Lord has often whispered to me when I see them, um, that's how I see you. That's how I want to be with you. I want you to curl up in my arms and 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 just snuggle with me. I want you to reach up your arms and have me pick you up. I want to love on you. I am your protector. I am your 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 father, right? And we think about what a father is. And so not only does do we know that he's our heavenly father and There is, he's holy and he's perfect. And there's a lot of other um, definitions we're going to go through. But we know that he is our Abba Father. He is that familiar, intimate um, figure for us. And it's not just an idea, but it's truly a relationship that he wants to have with you. And I feel like as I'm saying relationship, I should throw this in there. Religion is about rules. God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit is about relationship. Two different things. Religion will make you do a checkbox of spending time with God or going to church or not doing this or not doing that or doing this. And it's a checklist. It's a I have to. I have to do this in order to be good enough. Remember the works based thing I was talking about earlier? Well, that's what religion says. Relationship, Jesus says, come to me. Spend time with me. God, your heavenly father says, come to me. Let me show you who I am and let me tell you who you are. And let's spend time together so that we can build trust with each other, not only so that you can trust God, but that God can trust you with what he has for you because the Bible says too much is given, much is required. And so yes, part of spending time and intimacy with the Lord is all about you getting to know God and you getting to understand who he is, but it's also equally about him being able to know that she's ready. She's rooted. She knows who she is. She is prepared for battle. She is ready to walk in her calling and she's going to do it confidently and boldly because she knows she is a daughter of mine. And we'll talk a little bit more about you tomorrow in the I am video, but this is all about God. So I know that some of you probably have some things in your relationship with your with God that you're just not Maybe that whole idea of Papa and Daddy and Father is a little bit off, and maybe you've never heard that before, but I really want to encourage you to sit with the Lord on that and really think about what is a good father and what what does that mean? Um, and I love the scripture in Matthew. Matthew seven eleven says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Matthew 7, 11. I love that verse because sometimes we can think, well, goodness, maybe you are a daddy's girl here on earth. And if your daddy's good to you, can you think about how much better and good your heavenly father wants to be to you? But he needs you to come to him. He wants you to spend time with him. So literally this has rocked my world and changed my life. And I hope that it also equally changes your life to help you see that God isn't just a thought. He's not just a person, um, or not a person, but a person. Um, a, a, a God in the Bible, in a book. No, he wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And the reason that we can have an intimate relationship with God, we don't have to do what they used to do in the Old Testament. Go through the priests. The high priest, were the only ones that could get into the presence of God. But that's why Jesus came. Jesus was the sacrifice that they used to have to sacrifice animals and burn incense and do all of these things in the old testament it was very it was a step by step it was more of a religion but then jesus came so that we can have an intimate relationship with god and that jesus is our access to our heavenly father how cool is that God is so good and he loves you so much. So let's talk about a couple other characteristics of God and who he is. Um, There are many throughout scripture and I, I will share this with you is that I went through the Bible a couple years ago and I was looking for identifiers of me as a child of God. And so I was reading, you know, every, every day I would spend time in the Word. I would be very aware of what I, I was like, oh, that says that I am forgiven. And so I was really trying to come up with these biblically rooted I am statements to understand who I am in Christ. But then the next year I was like, whoa, wait a second, um, who is God? And so I was reading, the, reading my Bible every day and as I was paying attention to different things It was talking about who God is. And God is the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I don't get too deep in the workbook on those three elements because I think we really want to focus heavily on God and and his nature um, as your father. Uh, But there's more to that and, and we can definitely get into that later. But all that to say that I was looking for God's, God saved people. Oh, God is a, he saves, he's a savior. Jesus is our savior, right? Or he restores things. I love in um, Psalm 23, it says, he restores my soul. God is a restorer. So there are hidden treasures that you can go through. Literally the Bible, um, I'm currently reading through this version. It's called the Jesus Bible. And this is like a treasure hunt. And I know that I used to think that it was a task. It was a be good girl. You know, you got to do it because somebody told me I had to do it. But it's not It's not about you have to read God's word. You have to spend time with him. You have to go to church. Really, it's an I get to. I get to read this inspired by the Holy Spirit word of God that he wants to tell me things. He wants to show me things. And so... Um, as you read through scripture, I encourage you to really start paying attention to the character, the nature, the the who God is and how he treated his children and how Jesus came and, and Holy Spirit tells you so many different things and different aspects of him. So this is a treasure hunt and I encourage you to go on a treasure hunt. But let's talk about some other identifiers of God. So we talked a little bit about this, but God is love. In 1 John 4, 16, it says, so we have come to know and believe that love, that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. If you could drop that below. God is love or write that down if you're taking notes. God is love and in the workbook you will have a whole sheet to go through about love and really understanding and getting a deeper understanding and knowledge of God's love and God is continuing to show me his love for me. As again, It's about a journey. It's about a relationship. It's about intimacy. And the more time you spend with somebody, the more opportunities you give them to show you how much they love you, the more you're going to know and feel and know that you know that you know that you know that God is love and he loves you. God is good. We know that in Psalm 106, it says, hallelujah, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Not just in that season that it felt good, not just in that season that you got something from him, not just in that season where life seemed to be pretty, pretty decent. No, his love endures forever. Even in the hard times, even in the trauma. And I know sometimes that's hard to wrap ourselves around, but sometimes I know for me I have to get out of my feelings and I need to get into God's word and I need to continue to renew my mind with truth about who God is God is good and the enemy almost had me in 2020 he almost had me because I was thinking I don't I don't know that God is good and what's the point of all of this if if it's not actually going to end up good but as you continue to take this journey and spend more time with him, he's going to show you that he is good. All right, let's talk another But God is faithful. Know that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps his gracious covenant. Loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Wow, he's faithful. He is steadfast. He is firm in his promises. He is given with strong assurance. He is true to the facts. God is faithful faithful. And there's a whole worksheet on that for you in the workbook. And I want to touch on this. God is merciful. I actually learned something interesting about mercy and grace. Sometimes we can intertwine those words, but um, Isaiah 30, 18 says that therefore the Lord is waiting to show you mercy. And I have a feeling there is someone watching this who really needs some mercy in their life. Mercy is actually the, the fact that God doesn't give us what we deserve. And the Bible says that our righteousness, like our good, is like filthy rags. That we're, we're not good enough. But that's why Jesus came. So that we could be not only good enough, but that we could be, our sins are wiped away. And then we are clean and we are pure and we have a white garment, right? That's the whole uh, refining process. But God is merciful and he doesn't give us what we deserve, which is a beautiful thing. But on the flip side of merciful, God is also gracious. And it's the opposite. It's very similar to merciful, but gracious is actually that God does give us stuff that we don't deserve, the good stuff. And so grace is one of my favorite words. You can drop that below in the comments. Grace, God is gracious. And what does that mean? It's marked by kindness and warm courtesy. Again, I think sometimes we can think God is angry, sitting on the throne, angry at this this sinful earth and i do know that that is one of the things we'll talk about god is just he absolutely is just and he wants justice he he wants justice and there will be justice served but god is gracious and he loves his children something fierce something fierce and so I want you to know from all of this and as you spend time in the workbook and you really spend time sitting with the Lord and and talking with him and journaling and and really hashing out some of these Things, these things that the enemy has tried to come in and say, God is not good. He does not forgive you. He does not love you. He does not have good things for you. I want you to um, be bold with declaring these scriptures that are in the workbook about you and your life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. God loves you, sister friend. He loves you so much. And he wants to continue to show you just how much. So as you continue to spend more time with him, he's going to continue to take you into deeper depths, deeper understanding. I love the song, um, uh, you know, take me into the, the, there's, I want trust with no borders, oceans, right? Take me deeper, deeper. And so my heart for you is that he takes you deeper into a deeper relationship, a deeper understanding, a deeper knowledge, and a deeper intimacy about who he is and how much he loves you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for these truths. We thank you that you love us. You loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins, that God, we could never be good enough In fact, the whole Old Testament shows how they had time and time again to make sacrifices and do all of these things and check all of these boxes. And it was really impossible which is why you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to do the hard work to take on our sins on the cross and die for us. Lord, if there is anyone watching this who does not know that they know that they know that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that they reach out to me and that myself or one of our team members will get to them and we will walk them through what does that look like and and how can you truly declare that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and start seeking him first so that you will not only find him, but that he will take care of all the other things that you say. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto us. Lord, we thank you for your mercy, for not giving us what we deserve, but for your grace, for giving us not only what we don't deserve, but way more than enough, that you give us more than we could ever ask or imagine. God, you are a good God. And we thank you for that. We thank you for allowing us to be your daughters. And Lord, we just pray that over the next few days that we truly start to grasp a better understanding of you and who you are. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. And we ask all this in your precious name. Amen.